Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to the Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. First and 10 snap, Ward pats it, slings it, leaping, ball, 50-50, Josh Kelly wins it, touchdown Washington State, it's the fourth touchdown of the ball game, it's 28-0 pending the PAT, early second quarter. It'll be Oregon State and Washington State on the Palouse, we uh, got to the bottom of that yesterday, it's not in the Palouse, it's on the Palouse, Saturday 4 o'clock on Fox, here to talk about it, Jake Dickert. Washington State football coach. Coach, uh, how important is it that people tune into this game? Well, I think it's big for a lot of different reasons, most importantly because it's the start of Pac-12 play. I mean, I think everyone knows that the conference is loaded this year, and just to get one win each week in this conference is going to be tough, and and to open up with a a matchup like this I think is great for our league, our conference, and then obviously, you know, the bigger conversation about us and Oregon State and rebuilding the Pac-12, I just think it's an exciting week. The the showing, and I know this is looking back, and coaches are always looking forward, but the show that you guys put on two weeks ago against Wisconsin, second year in a row you beat them, you after the game, I thought you said it perfectly. You, you were emotional, and you were talking about belonging in major college football. Like, What did that moment feel like for you? Your voice was cracking. You probably uh, were hoarse from yelling. You, you just won a big game, the big celebration. Well, I think it's a little bit of everything you just said, uh, you know, it, it was raw. It was emotional. I'm very passionate about Washington State, its faculty, staff, alumni, former players, and then obviously our current team and staff. And I think it was the right moment, the right opportunity to express what I've always felt, and that's Washington State, Oregon State belong in the Power Five, competing their tails off at the highest level. And it's always been confusing why we've been annexed out. So um, we're going to continue to keep moving forward. But it was the right time, the right moment. Our kids played their tail off. They earned that victory and was just really proud of them. You, this week you get Oregon State. And, you know, I've seen them play three times. And I felt like their their last game against San Diego State, maybe they were trying to do some extra things. Or maybe it was just, hey, everybody kind of has one game that's a little flat. They looked a little flat to me, but you probably didn't see that. What do you see when you look at them on film? Well, I think San Diego State poses some interesting challenges because of their defense. So I think you sometimes get a little hesitant to some of that stuff, but I see a physical uh, football team, a very disciplined football team. I think coach Smith and his staff has done a really good job of just being ultra consistent and stable. And I think now their players are in that mold. I think up front on both sides of the ball, uh, they're very tough to deal with. And and I think that's where we're going to have to match their physicality, their discipline, and, uh, you know, whoever wins that, that battle will have a definite edge. And, you know, the tailbacks are phenomenal. I think the receivers, obviously, in the screen game, they broke the door open. And now they have a quarterback that they feel really comfortable with that raises the level of everybody else around them. So it's a formidable opponent. Very thankful that it's going to be here in Giza Field, and we'll be ready to play our best. Yeah, they haven't won there in a decade. And give us an idea, for people who've never been there, why is that a tough place for opponents to come play? Well, I just think sometimes you fly in and you look around, there's not a whole lot there. And, you know, you can get a little bit sleepy, but then when you walk into the stadium, it's on top of you. It's electric. I think the whole state of eastern Washington, the eastern half of the state comes together on those game days. 
And, you know, it just it's electric. And it's one of those things where you can see the pride of Cougs everywhere on those certain days. And I think, uh, you know, Oregon State has a little bit of that when people come to their place as well. So it's a unique challenge. It's definitely something that's really positive to have on our side. Jake Dickert with us. Uh, your quarterback, Cam Ward, his offensive coordinator, Ben Arbuckle, they don't seem that far apart in age. It's uh, interesting to watch them work together. And the offense has looked uh, improved this year. What do you see? I think that's the correct word. I, I think there's real synergy between offensive coordinator and quarterback. I think you'd need it. I think we've challenged Cam every step of the way since Coach Arbuckle has been here to be better in really every aspect of what he does, from preparation to performance to feet to delivering the ball to progressions. And I think he's answered the bell. He wants to keep getting better. He's really coachable. And I think we knew quietly that we surrounded him with, we felt, more athletic pieces. And I think you're seeing that. You know, we got a bunch of receivers that can make plays with ball in their the hand, not just things that we, you know, design for them. They're taking five-yard plays and making something happening, you know, with those deals. And I think anytime you get better on offense, we had to take a step forward on the offensive line, and that's exactly what I think we've done. And now getting a chance to see similar competition – you know, Oregon State dominated us up front last year. So uh, anxious to prove that we've gotten better, and that'll be a, a great test on Saturday. Oregon State's tackles, uh, you know, have played really well. And, uh, you know, they've got Jim Mahalchek, the run game coordinator there, who people who really respect in the business. But they have an identity. And as a coach, I'm always curious. A lot of coaches will talk about, hey, we need to establish an identity. It just felt to me like Oregon State's identity in game one was the same as it was last year. What do, you, what do you see identity-wise from them, and in, in how much of that does start with that run game? Well, I think it just shows continuity. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the coach. Like, you're either growing or you're dying. You know, so they're pretty much 80-20, 80% of the things you see they've done for a long time. And then there's these little wrinkles, these little formations, these new little shots that they take down the field and using their personnel in, you know, unique and different ways. And that's what good coaches do. You know, so I think they – know who they are, they coach to who they are, you know, and they play to their strengths. I think they don't turn the ball over. They don't beat themselves. That's discipline. So every time you go against this this team, you got to make sure you're matching that. You know, if we can win the, the takeaway battle, that will be huge uh, and find ways to get a short field and make a big play. So uh, it's a unique challenge, but, you know, I feel like we know who we are and we're continuing to get better in our roles of who we are as a team, you know, because I think the best teams – they want to keep getting better. This is an early season. We're done with the first quarter. There's a lot of football to be played, and we feel really battle-tested coming into this game, and I think that's a good place to be. I am always focused on, like, how can I be mentally healthier, physically healthier, and I wonder about coaches in the season. Do you work out? Are you a three-time-a-week, five-time-a-week workout guy, or what do you do to kind of get your uh, physical and mental synergy together? Yeah, we practice at 7 a.m., so I'm up you know, 5, 5.30, and I hit the treadmill five days a week and get some free weights in, and I think it's important. I really stressed it more this season than I did last season, and to your point, John, I think all coaches need that. You can't be your best putting plans together and making decisions and handling the pressure if you're not trying to take care of yourself, and that's one thing I try to stress to our staff. Uh, that's one thing I'm excited about this week. We get a bye week the following week, and you got to rest and recharge, and you got to be able to dial into your family. And those are things that I love about Washington State because 
you know, I can go watch my kids play and perform in their sports too. It's just five minutes from the office. So there's a lot that goes into it, but we got to make sure we're taking care of ourselves because burnout is real. Yeah, I think we've talked about it before. What are your kids doing right now? What are they in season with or what are they doing in school? So Riley is 12, and she's doing uh, volleyball. She's in seventh grade. And then I have two boys. So my nine-year-old just started uh, youth football. The junior Greyhounds are 2-0. and so <laughs> It's a big start to the season. And then my six-year-old playing flag football. They're 3-0. and So uh, the Dickers right now, we're, we're celebrating and having fun. <laughs> You're sitting pretty. I, hey, I, w- I went through that volleyball thing. My oldest went through all the volleyball, club volleyball, high school volleyball. I got to tell you, I have a young one who's a soccer player now. I have three girls. Um, being in the gym is not that bad. You know, those volleyball tournaments are not that bad. They're, they're long days, but you've got your mobile device. You can do some extra things. You can And rooting for your kid and seeing your kid play is cool. Well, I I was at a couple this February, and I would disagree with you, John. Those whistles <laughs> never stop ringing in my ears, if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, what I love about, though, is I go to those things, and I'm not coach. I'm dad. Yeah, I think that's really important distinction that some people can't turn turn off and on. And and trust me, my my wife gets after him way more than I do. I'm just there to relax. So it's uh it's fun to be able to you know do both and and find that balance. When were you guys at your best defensively in in the non conference games you've played? Well, I think it's been a little bit of highs and some lows. And I think what we found out about our our defense is when we relax. It, no one plays well in a relaxed state. You know, you got to have that urgency and that edge and that focus and that discipline. So I think when we play our best, that's the, that's where we've been at. Uh, the Wisconsin game, obviously, I think we played a really great three quarters. Uh, they got us a little bit on our heels in the third quarter, and that was a lot of field position stuff. But when we're taking the ball away and we're hawking the ball and we're playing with extreme effort, I think we can be really tough to deal with. And, you know, that's where our peak performance lies. And, you know, we know that about ourselves, and that's the best part. I think we got a bunch of mature competitors that want to keep getting better. I think it's hard to tell, you know, from, from my vantage point, it's hard to tell who's really good or who's good. You see kind of those highs and lows that you talked about. You don't get an NFL preseason exhibition schedule, but now seemingly you get the conference schedule coming up. How, you know, how much of it is art and science in trying to get your guys healthy and playing as well as they possibly can when it counts the most. I mean, I got to think that that's a big part of coaching. Well, it's a unique challenge. And I think that's why you sit in these seats is you got to find the right balance. You know, we, we really uh, go after it hard Tuesday, Wednesday, we do a walkthrough day Thursday and, you know, about eight fast periods of fast Friday as we're building our speed back into being our best every Saturday. And that's a unique blend. Because you need to be sharp. You need to be physical. I, I really believe practice execution is game reality. And what you do out on that field during the week, you will see those habits. You know, instincts are the mastery of habits. So what are we doing every day to make sure we're building those habits so when the lights come on, you always go back to your default. And that's the level of accountability that you held yourself to during practice. So we stress it. We show it. Uh, I'm a big believer in, in guys learn by seeing. So if a guy isn't doing it, we, you know, we show it to him, we correct it, and we keep moving forward. But peaking every Saturday is a unique challenge. And what I want our guys to understand, John, is that adaptability is everything. You know, too many times young males, they want to be invincible. It's impossible, right? Be adaptable. Whatever your best is that day, give 100% of it. And that's a very important message I want our young men understanding. And let's go out there and be great together. One of the narratives that will be sold Saturday is glaring. I mean, it's the Pac-2 championship game. It's the, these two teams that 
are both ranked, uh, both on a big stage. Fox is broadcasting this game at 4 o'clock for people who want to tune in. But how do you recruit with the uncertainty in 2024 and 2025? Sometimes the uncertainty, John, is what makes it great. You know, uh, there, there's a challenge to it. Uh, there's excitement about what we're building and how we're doing it. Uh, but the bottom line is, you know, everyone asks me that question, like, what happens? You know, I always just say, you know, what happens if our guys love being here? What happens if they love how we treat them and take care of them and challenge them and build them up? And, you know, what happens then? You know, so I always like to spin that question around. Of, I, I get the challenge. You know, I know there's a lot of questions about it, but I think we got the right staff that are out there on the recruiting trails finding the right people. We've never won the recruiting rankings, never. Uh, but we always find the right people at the right time for our place, and we develop the heck out of them. And that's how you're going to have success, and that'll be our edge going forward. Yeah, and I think some people get caught up, too. They go, okay, is it a Power 5 conference? Isn't it a Power 5 conference? I don't think that kids in your program are, are, are hung up on the label of that. I think they're hung up on, you know, who are they going to get to play? What stage are they on? Can they get to the playoff if, if you guys have a, you know, 10, 11, 12 win season? You know, am I reading that right? I think so. I think there's, you know, a lot of things go through a young person's mind because of, social media because of access, because of how everyone talks about it, you know, versus letting everyone just kind of settle in and make great decisions for themselves. You know, I think the more data we get on the portal and once you're a starter, I don't care what level you're at, man, you need to cherish that because that's hard to do. Uh, playing is hard and, you know, to be able to do it at this level, it doesn't, it doesn't get easier. So I think once you're comfortable, you like a place, you like a staff, you're comfortable in the schemes and the schematics of what you're doing. Uh, stay there and just keep thriving because I think that's how kids become really successful. Jake Dickert, uh, good luck to you this weekend. Uh, Oregon State, uh, tough opponent, two really good teams, two ranked teams. Anything you want to say to people who may be flipping the TV around because your athletic director, Pat Chun, sort of talked about how important it was that you, you, you drew a good number. He thinks that sends a message. Well, like I said, I don't want to get too deep into all those things. I think it's just really two good teams. Uh, that have worked their tail off are going to go out there and battle it out on this field. And this is going to be, you know, yes, we're in this together, but it, it's not going to be the friend zone. It's, it's two teams that want to get this win, want to start the conference season, more importantly, off. And, and once again, we're going to get an opportunity to show ourselves on a national stage. I think that's great. But there's so much quality football being played, and, and Washington State is going to show it once again. Jake Dickert, thank you. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for making time. Thank you, John. Go Cougs. There he is, Jake Dickert. Washington State coach. I give my official picks on Thursday. And Jonathan Smith, the Oregon State coach, will join us tomorrow on Wednesday's show. Uh, Dan Lanning, the Oregon coach, on Thursday. We've got uh, Pac-12 coach Palooza going on uh, on this radio program. I've also reached out to Rick George, the Colorado athletic director. I've asked for Coach Prime, although he may be doing, busy doing 60 Minutes and uh, the Fox Big Noon Show and... 14 ESPN shows. He's got an open invite here if he so chooses it. Uh, good stuff from Dickert. And and look, if you're Washington State and Oregon State, you of course you want a good number. But if you're the coaches of, the, of these programs, you want big ratings. You want to send a message. You want two and a half, three million people watching this game, even though you're going to have uh, a bunch of really good football games going on on Saturday. You want to send a message, and you want to dispel further dispel the myth that, hey, these programs don't draw. These brands don't draw. As Pat Chun, the athletic director at Washington State, told me, and he pointed out, look look at the Wisconsin game two weeks ago. Two and a half million people tuned in to watch that game, and it was head-to-head -head against Alabama-Texas. So you had a 
really big audience watching Washington State beating Wisconsin. And in week one, 3.3 million people tuned in to see Oregon State, San Jose State. They weren't there for San Jose State. Uh, you know, Oregon State can hold its head high uh, knowing that it drew a big number. It's not 9 million in Colorado, Colorado State. But co few things are Colorado and Colorado State. That show will be a 1230 kickoff on ABC as Oregon is playing Colorado. But I kind of wonder what's going to happen in the second half of that Oregon game. If it is the blowout that, that Vegas thinks it's going to be, will some people flip over from the ABC game to check out UCLA-Utah on Fox, which also kicks off at 1230? And if that happens, do they stick around to see Oregon State-Washington State at 4 o'clock on Fox? I don't know. Will you watch? That is a big question. So much more ahead. You got the BFT statewide. I'm glad you're here for it. Anna has popped into the studio. A lot to talk about. Before we move on, Anna, you know, I want to get your thoughts on what's going on at USC. Uh, Lincoln Riley, if you're just tuning in, Lincoln Riley, the USC coach, sending a message to a media member. Uh, Luke, uh, uh, I'm blanking on his last name, uh, was... Uh, He's a, he's a beat reporter for the Orange County Register. Luca Evans. Luca Evans. Yeah, thank you. Um, and he uh, has been suspended two weeks, not by his employer, but by USC. They're suspending his credential for two weeks, not allowing him to cover games. Todd Harmonson, the uh, senior editor at the Orange County Register, popped on with us, said uh, they're still going to cover the games. They may send Luca to the game with a ticket to go cover it. Um, bad look for USC. Any thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I have a thought. It's crap. It's total crap. You can't restrict media members from only reporting on what players and coaches say at media availabilities at a practice facility. So you're going to have media like restricted in that way. Just put on your blinders, put on earmuffs as if you don't hear anything that is happening when you are on the premises or around the players and you're just going to have tunnel vision and you're only going to be reporting on what we spoon feed you during a press conference like this stuff is ridiculous and if they want a public relations firm which they already have they've that's fine it's not our job to you know preach their story and only their story the way that they want it told this is completely unreasonable and man i would fight this uh i think they are and i think the interesting thing is you know the orange county register los angeles times other media entities uh they compete with each other and i find it interesting that several of the los angeles times reporters are calling usc out on this yeah saying hey man this is wrong yeah because in a case like this journalists have to stand together when it's wrong it's simply wrong it doesn't matter who you're working for if you are a competitor uh, you have to say something in, in a situation like this. Well, I think they will, and they are. And I think it ends badly for uh, USC in their own way. I'd be curious to see what the Orange County Register does. My idea, Anna, is to Todd Harmon said, I told him, put put this reporter in the front row, buy him a ticket, yeah. and have him report on everything he sees and hears. Exactly. While he's suspended. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let him find the story in a different way. Might end, you know? up, might end up finding some good stuff. I find some good stuff walking around the stadiums. It's not on the reporter's job to try and filter out what is said uh, and to make sure that it's beneficial for the university. 
it's on the university to train its own players and staff to understand that everything is on the record unless it's off the record. That's just the way it goes. That's that's the reality of the world, folks. And if you don't like it, then you, you like you can't shape the world in, in a way that is just 100% positive for you um, in terms of the media. Whether it's positive or negative, it doesn't matter. You're spitting truth today. You are fired oh, it, up. The, it just it rankles me because it's essentially putting a gag order on people who are there to exercise their rights as media members, and it's completely unreasonable. I mean, it's kind of like the only comparison I have is when you're covering like a court case. Let's say you're covering a really serious criminal case, and the judge places a gag order on, uh, you know, on the case. You know, there are restrictions around that that have to do with preserving the sanctity of the case. And yes, if a judge is saying that as a media member, you follow the rules and the judge has to do that according to the letter of the law. But this is this is not that. This is sports, folks. Get get with it. Come on. Jen Cohen's the new athletic director at Washington. She walks in the door well aware that Lincoln Riley, or excuse me, at USC. She walks in the door from Washington, well aware that the most important person in her ecosystem is Lincoln Riley. Should she have pushed back against her football coach stronger in this case, or do you look at it and go, eh, she's in a tough spot there? She is in a tough spot, but ultimately it's her name, you know, that is going out on this statement to the paper saying that we cannot um, let this reporter come to our media availability. You know, like, yeah, I, I, I get that she's in a tough spot. I don't, I don't know how she feels about it really, but it is her name at the bottom of the statement. Moving on, Dan Lanning, Oregon coach, after Colorado announced it was leaving for the Big 12 conference, this was back in July, had some strong words and some strong reaction that um, people are trying to bring back up today. I want to play the original cut. Not a big reaction. I mean, I'm trying to remember what what they won to affect this conference. I don't remember. Do you remember them winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything. He's telling the truth. They didn't win a damn thing. Now, he was asked if he regrets saying that at last night's media availability. And here's what Dan Lanning had to say. Uh, No, I don't regret anything that I've... Uh, said you know for this program at the end of the day obviously I wasn't talking about uh, Dion's team I'm talking about the past and uh, the future for our team but um, if that service is material for them great right I don't think it's going to have any bearing on the game and the success of the game I agree with him he's also not talking about coach prime is he no like he's just saying Colorado stunk Colorado did nothing for the Pac-12 they were they didn't win anything yeah them leaving it's kind of like you know the the you know, the comments from George Klyovkov on Pac-12 Media Day when, you know, he said, we, ha- we we feel like we have a chance to upgrade. And I think the upgrade was going to be San Diego State being better than Colorado. Now, granted, 9 million people watched Colorado football last Saturday night. It was a huge audience. It, at 10.30 Eastern time, <laughs> there's 8 million people watching the game. Yeah, That's ridiculous. Clearly, Colorado adds something now. But not the Colorado that went 1-11 and didn't matter. He handled that perfectly because it's obvious he wasn't talking about this team. 
we all know where Colorado has been at in the last few years and how they've performed. And this is just a classic case of people trying <laughs> to drum up some controversy uh, when really there is none at this point. But, but you can, know, it's Col like can Colorado still use it as motivation? That's the question. They could try, but it's a stretch, don't you think? Like, even if Coach Prime tries to use this as motivation, I mean, like, the most of the players on the team aren't even the team that uh, that, that that was talked about, you know, that Dan Lanning was talking about. So that's that's a stretch, no? I think also part of it is, you know, the Colorado State thing last week, was so emotionally draining for Colorado. Do you think they really can afford to have a third straight week? Where they go, this we interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.